At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove. And sadly, not with us again is the super producer, Jason. Um, but he is uh, he's getting better every day. So uh, he keeps checking in with me. He said to tell everybody he's, uh, that he's I, I'm not even going to try his uh, his uh, tagline greetings because nobody can say it like he can. So you guys will just have to wait and uh he'll be back soon he's uh, he promises so uh he can he can add uh, I, I guess he can start carrying me again on the podcast i don't know maybe that's what he does i'm lost without him <laughs> so uh so i want to remind all the listeners if you want to um if you get a story or something you want to share with us you can find us on facebook at the from the shadows podcast or find our forum discussion page at after the shadows on facebook uh, you can contact me directly at shane grove author or our from the shadows podcast instagram page or go to our trusty old website uh, our web guide doug has promised me that the contact page is up and running again so uh, if you've got a story and you want to send us an email that's how you do it go to our website and send it through the contact page so uh i'm kind of uh so to our truly loyal listeners and followers on social media um you guys will remember that i put up a post a couple weeks ago about the wampus cat and uh you know there was a nice little reaction of people that had heard about this uh, story um 
or heard the word cattywampus used in different um, different for different meanings. So I finally wrangled the the reason that I brought that up. Um, and we'll get into what a talented, uh, fine young lady uh, she <laughs> is, besides being a uh, um, a cattywampus eyewitness. Um, I'm going to welcome to the program my new friend, Gable. Gable, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Shane. I'm so happy to be with you today. <laughs> and you know, hey, everybody, I didn't even have to pay her to say that she was happy to be with me today. That's how, how about that? How about that? <laughs> I'm really, I'm super glad to be here, folks. And I'm thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> so, so I'll give a little background. I, I have gotten to know Gable because, um, as many of our listeners know, I do a little bit of uh, songwriting on the side and Gable is a senior at Belmont, right? Right. I'm just about to graduate. Just about to graduate in music business, right? Yes. I'm majoring in music business, um, and I'm going to go to work into the in music industry right after I graduate, which is super exciting. Super. Um, yeah. And, and let me tell you, for somebody as, you know, as young as Gable, everybody, she's super talented, super driven, and she is a really, really good writer. I mean, she writes some stuff uh, from a point of view that I didn't think such a young person could have, if that makes sense. She's uh, she's truly an old soul. And I think you guys, as we get into our discussion, everybody's going to see that, you know, there's more more to her than just a pretty face. She she's got some depth to her and. Uh, and I won't even go into what a big Dolly Parton fan she is. A ridiculously big Dolly Parton <laughs> fan. <laughs> Seriously, I, I appreciate I, all the wonderful compliments. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, because we're big believers of if you put it out there in the world, um, you know, it's going it, to, I mean, that's the only way something's going to come to fruition. And you telling me the story of how, of, I mean, are you are you embarrassed maybe to tell everybody what you get what you do for with oh, your no. with your love of with your love of Dolly because oh, you never I know I'll, you I'll never know there might be somebody listening that 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 knows Dolly and can and... oh I, I'll tell them I'm on the same page as you are I was thinking the exact same <laughs> thing so one okay I had an old roommate my sophomore year of college who her family she's like a third generation music industry um business side you know kid so she's going um into the music industry too after we graduate we roomed together uh, for a short time and we were driving around nashville and she made the mistake of pointing out where one of dolly parton's offices is and i thought no way are you serious you know and i I asked her, like, this isn't a joke, right? And she said, no, no, it's not a joke at all. And um, from that moment forward, I came up with the brilliant plan to once a month write Dolly Parton a letter because I just love her so much. I love the way that she's run her business and how generous and loving she is to people as well as just so talented and, and an incredible singer and songwriter. And I would be uh, just incredibly 
lucky to even be able to somewhat have a career like her. Uh, <laughs> and so I started writing her these letters and um, I put it in this special butterfly stationery and I tell her all about my life and what's going on and congratulate her on new albums and um, you, and tell her how much I love her songs and all her stuff. And I, I will put the letter in an envelope and the envelope in a plastic bag and I go over to her office and I do a little dancey dance in front of the security cameras <laughs> and I will unceremoniously throw that letter over the fence and they are actually getting picked up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I, and, and you know, um, so I, I, and this will be a shameless plug. But I'm hoping that one of the, the next letters that you write includes that you were on the From the Shadows podcast talking about how, the cattywampus because I have that, a feeling that, not include that you know? I have a feeling that Dolly might read that and be like, oh my God, yeah, oh my God. Um, you know, <laughs> I haven't heard about the cattywampus since I was since I was a kid. You never know. That might be that oh, might be the spark. You never do. <laughs> so so I love that story. I hope everybody out there like you know who's waiting for the cattywampus and and all the other cool stuff we're going to talk about you know was okay with that because i think that was something that uh, needed to be shared and got and get put out there in the world so so apologies if you know if we're getting if it's too long for us to get to the uh, to the paranormal but we appreciate we appreciate y'all's patience we appreciate <laughs> so so um because I have no shame when it comes to the paranormal. Um, probably the first time we met on a co-write over Skype or FaceTime or whatever it was, I yeah, yeah. just flat out asked you because you were telling me a little bit about your background and you had grown up in, now explain it to me again, the Appalachian right, right. Mountains, but the Smoky or the Smoky Mountains. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I grew up in the Smoky Mountains, which is part of the Appalachian Mountain range. Yes, okay. And yes. I ask, did you did you have any Bigfoot sightings? And and sadly, you said no, but you said, but I have seen a cattywampus. Yes, that's exactly how it went. And Shane was so surprised and interested. And he was like, what is that? He'd never heard of it before. I had never I was, heard of it before. So, which is, which is crazy because you're Mr. Supernatural guy. It, well, yes, but that doesn't mean I'm, you know, I know anything. It just means I'm a geek. So, <laughs> any, so, so for everybody out there who is not familiar with what the either the you know, wampus cat or the catty wampus is, mm -hmm. give, uh, give everybody a, like a little bit of a history of what you know how this legend or or whatever came into being and then we'll get into talking about your experience oh for sure okay so there are a lot of different stories y'all on what the cattywampus is and how it came to be but the one in particular that uh, i learned about later on in life um because as i'll tell y'all as part of my story um i spent you know part of my childhood in the Great Smoky Mountains, and I loved living there, but my parents are originally from Texas. They're not from the area. So as I later learned, um, do, while doing my own research, trying to figure out what this thing I saw was, 
was that the cattywampus, um, the oldest story that we have of it is from the Native Americans. And basically the story goes that one day there was a lady and uh, she was wondering if her husband was really going hunting as much as he said that he was going hunting, right? She thought there's no way he's gone out this, this much, like actually hunting with his friends, haven't brought much back. And so she decided to follow him in the hunting party. And she did this by covering herself in a mountain lion pelt. So she follows the mountain, uh, she follows <laughs> the hunting party down the mountain and uh, hides underneath this pelt and watches them from a little bit of a distance and discovers that they aren't actually hunting. They're sitting around a campfire talking about magic and starting to perform like this ceremony that women are not allowed to witness. So from there, she accidentally gets discovered and the men curse her to become the cattywampus and forever roam the woods. And, and now that is called pro watching pro football on Sundays where the guys <laughs> get around and say, but yeah, man, totally. We're doing all the yard work. Doing the laundry. The house is so clean. Gonna love it. I promise. <laughs> so, so the so the legend is is that she then became this creature that, um, in some of the stuff that I've read, where, um, she dolls. Uh, I mean, the Cherokee legend I read is if a man sees this cattywampus or this wampus cat it will doll him as a man meaning he becomes a babbling idiot basically and is no no longer good as a man okay so i mean here's the crazy thing when i hear some of these stories it sounds like a real like like a woman that really hated a guy came up <laughs> with these <laughs> legends you know like oh yeah <laughs> I, you know what i'm saying it sounds kind of slanted towards you know these these dumb guys you know and that some woman okay so so you so you knew none of this as a so what age were you then when we're going to go back to you experiencing some things i was i was i want to say like five or six quite five or frankly six. i was i was pretty young and okay. no i didn't grow up with any of these stories because as i said before y'all like my parents are from Texas. My dad's work just happened to bring him up to the Great Smokies. Okay. Okay. So, so kind of tell us, tell us um, how you first encountered something that you later figured out was a cattywampus. Yeah, I know. So, well, I'll, I'll give you all a little bit even more detail. Um, my house that I grew up in was on its own little acre of land and surrounded by trees and separated uh from our neighbors by patches of woods and it was only like 15 20 minutes from great smoky national park and this house was on top of the hill like you could look out the hill and you could see the whole entire outline of, of great smoky mountain national park it is right there um and so i as a kid you know we didn't really have any other neighborhood kids or anything to play with me and my sister and she's so much younger than me and i just had a ridiculous amount of energy that I still have today. <laughs> and <laughs> that's so, the most unbelievable part of this whole story. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I'm the calmest, most level headed person <laughs> you will ever meet, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> 
but um, basically, I uh, would would be kind of turned out every once in a while. My my mom or you know my babysitter would kind of be like, "All right, okay, you go outside and you play in the in in the backyard and you be safe and you just come back at lunch and then you can go out again and then come back at dinner." Um, and and so I would go out and I'd run around and. Uh, these little patches of woods near my house and they really did cover more than you would think that they would but um, maybe that just seemed like so much bigger to me too because I was a child and so I don't know when it started but basically what what happened is I was going out in the woods one day um, I was playing and I got to this dark patch where, you know, the sunlight didn't really cover the trees or anything. And, and it was just really quiet, which is weird for the woods. If you are a hiker or anyone who's really into nature, you know, if there's not a bird chirping, there's not like a cicada or a cricket or something, something is wrong, you know, and it felt, well, it, it felt weird. That's what a lot of, you know, that's what a lot of, uh, Bigfoot eyewitnesses, uh, say is like uh when they're out in the woods or they they you know they noticed that everything just went quiet and as if there was something else out there that was you know scared everything into being quiet right exactly and so um i'm kind of getting nervous at this point and i'm like but you know i'm a little kid and little kids don't know very much and i'm just kind of I, I turn around and i see i am literally right in the face of this wampus cat. No joke. This freaking cattywampus is right there. And it is the scariest freaking thing you've ever imagined. I didn't even know how to describe it to my parents when I saw it. It is literally, it's like the size of a, of like, I would say even bigger than a mountain lion. It's like a panther, like the size of a panther. It is jet black. It's got six legs and it's, it's like this demonic Cheshire cat mountain creature looking thing and I screamed and I started running back toward my house like you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to scream or run toward like from anything that like paranormal at all which I'm sure you know Shane that's like the number one rule um, no I scream I literally scream and run away from all of it like that's I, I <laughs> no I totally I totally I mean I know you're probably you're not supposed to run and scream away from you know an animal in the woods that is real you know that is flesh and blood standing there you know what I'm saying I mean oh, yeah. they, they tell you don't run away from a bear or run away from because they just you know take a natural instinct they take off and, and chase after you know so exactly so you take off running from this thing and then what yeah toward my house trying to find the way back because i'm really not that close to where i'm supposed to be you know i kind of wander off i've always had that tendency and so i am running screaming toward my house but the thing about the wampus cat and people have described this um it it can like disappear from one spot and reappear like right in front of you Either it's like super fast or I can teleport or like something, but like I was running and then I'm, I'm running toward my house and I'm, I'm going straight forward, just trying to look ahead and I see it like right in front of me to the left. And so I try to like veer away from it 
And then I, I just, I kept running, but it kept like catching up with me, you know, and it followed me home. Um, and so it like stayed the way that our, our backyard was set up. It's this giant mode kind of space in the back with no trees or anything, full sunlight. And so I run out of the trees into the field part that is our backyard onto the back porch and it couldn't follow me into like the sun for some reason. And I, I never really understood that, but it stood there in the tree line watching me. It just sat there watching me and I, I freaked out and I ran inside. So, so what, I mean, your parents obviously noticed you're freaked out. So oh, yeah. what, what did, what, what did they say? They were like, I was like, oh my gosh, mom, dad. Cause I didn't really know how to describe what I saw. The only thing that I could compare it to was the Cheshire cat, like the animated one from Disney's um, Alice, in, Alice in Wonderland. And so I was like, I just ran into the Cheshire cat in the woods. It was so freaky. And my mom just picked me up. It's like, oh, sweet, you have such an overactive imagination. You know, that's it's it's totally okay. You're safe. It's fine. Why don't you hang out for a little bit? I was like, okay. <laughs> kind of questioning, like, I don't really think I made that up, did I, you know? But I guess like if mom will let me stay inside, I'll just I'll be inside for for a little a, a little while. Holy smokes. So so they just thought you made it up. Yeah, they, they just thought I made it up. But that wasn't like the only, the reason I know I didn't make it up is because that wasn't the only encounter I had with it. That was the first and that was like the scariest one, but it wasn't well, the only one. Well, what did you, so what did you think that, I mean, what did you think as a five, six year old what that you saw? Well, I mean, I literally thought I ran into the Cheshire cat. I was like, that's what it has to be. This is the only thing, like it was the only context I had. Okay, yeah, okay. It's like, so, it's, it's like uh, this giant, grinning, demonic-looking cat that can disappear and reappear in new spots. <laughs> so, so you didn't think it was like a, like a real, like a real animal that should be no, out there? No, it, thought... it, was, it was very much a real animal. I just thought the version that I had seen before, I was like, that's animated, but this is real. This is the real version of that. This I is gotcha. what that was based on. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, no, but I'm saying like you didn't think it was a really a panther or really like a a, a bear or a stray no, dog or anything like that. No, you knew that it was no. something different. Yeah, it was it was something different. It was something weird. It, and literally looking in its eyes just chilled me to the bone, even as a child. And so, it, like, I can so still it, remember those eyes. Oh boy, so so it didn't really. Um, make an aggressive move towards you but you felt like i need to get out of here i felt yeah i felt in danger i immediately like felt in danger it didn't you know make an aggressive mood toward me and looking back it's almost like you know it chasing me was like it was playing a game I and I, I yeah like so i don't really you know because it, it hurts men you know, if, if we're looking at the mythology and everything, but, you know, women, historically speaking, we, we don't really have as many experiences with it. Or or especially little kids. Oh, yeah, that's not like a whole lot of thing. And so um, at the time, though, we did have this lady who cleaned our, our house. Um, and she would come over and clean every once in a while. And sometimes she'd babysit me and my sister and my parents, you know, knew her pretty well. And 
um, I started talking to her because she, she noticed I was freaked out too. And she's like, you know, honey, what's wrong? And I kind of, t- I told her the exact same thing I told my parents. I was like, I saw this, this thing in the woods and I described it to her. And, you know, she did grow up in Appalachia. She did grow up in the mountains. And so she took it seriously. You know, she was just listening to what I was saying and describing, and she looked at me and nodded and had a very serious look at her face. She's like, okay, okay, honey, it's going to be okay. Promise it won't hurt you anymore. You know, I'm going to take care of it. I was like, okay. Um, And, and, you know, there are some like old Appalachian like traditions to protect from things like, you know, haints and, and, and weird spirits and creatures and things and um, so there, there are a couple things I can remember that uh, she did. Like, for instance, um, she put together this little bag of, um, it was uh, ashes and lavender and something else. And she's like, oh, it's potpourri. That's what she told my mom. It's potpourri. And she put it under my bed and she put one under my sister's bed too. And I think she put a third one, you know, somewhere else. Um but I, I, like apparently it's it's not really like potpourri. I, I told somebody else that, um, and, and they're like, no, that's actually a, a, a charm kind of thing that's supposed to ward off like evil spirits. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's ashes in, in potpourri. <laughs> no, there's not. Uh, but like you know, it was a closed up little bag. It's just like don't open it, don't open it. So like, if she just kind of gave it as a gift, you know, whatever. Um, and, and it, it stayed there and it, I think it probably helped, you know, I have no idea, but, um, I did see the Wampus cat, like on a few other occasions. It just never got that close to me again. So now did you say, I th- didn't you tell me your sister saw it too? The- oh yeah. So like it, it was me and my sister and we'd see it when we were like together. There was one particular memory because I was scared to go in the woods by myself again. And so anytime I go in the woods, I wouldn't go unless there were like three or four people with me, even if it was just other kids. Um, so after that, like I wouldn't go in the woods by myself unless there's three or four people with me. And it never showed up when I was with like a ton of people, but it would show up when I was with my sister um, for, for whatever reason, um, from what I can remember. And so, one day we're sitting out on the porch, on the back porch that overlooks the big yard and is surrounded by the trees and the little wooded areas and everything. And we're listening to this book on tape because my mom, like we both love books, but she could not sit there and read to us all day. So what we used to do is go to the library and pick up all these books on tape and uh, we play them throughout the day. And so we're sitting on the porch, coloring in our little coloring books at like this kitty picnic plastic table thing, listening to this book on tape. And um, suddenly like the tape cuts out. It keeps rolling, but there's like no sound coming out of, out of the speakers at all. And we both kind of like look at each other and we're like, well, we don't want to break it. Should we like go get mom? And I don't remember what she was doing, but she was like busy doing something. And then I look kind of off like behind my sister and there there's like the Wampus cat back in the, in the woods on the tree line, you know, in the same place where it had like sat and watched me after it chased me home. 
and I, I looked at her it's like Emily turn around only like I, I need you to see this like because so I, I know I'm not making it up and she turns around and she looks at it she's like oh my gosh like what like sister what is that like she called me sissy so she's like sissy what is that and I was like I, I don't know it, like it chased me and this is what I was telling you about this is what I was telling our our, our, our clean lady babysitter about you know and she's like really like that's it and I'm like yeah that's it we just we just watched it um and we stared it down like we wouldn't take our eyes off of it because we were scared until my mom actually came outside to to get us and then we we went inside with her but even then it, it, we were kind of worried that you know as it would get got darker that maybe it would come closer to the house or something you know Holy smokes. So, and so your mom that, that time didn't still didn't see it? No, she didn't. She just stuck her head out the door and was like, hey, girl, come inside, you know? It's, it's you know, like mid-afternoon, you know? It's getting pretty hot. And I was, we were like, okay. And it was sometime like, you know, in the spring when it had just finally stopped raining, <laughs> which, is, which is rare for Appalachia. It never really stops raining, but... At least it was, you know, warm enough for, for us to be outside. So, so your mom all this time. So, okay. So, is there another? Is there another incident you want to you want to share? Or, um, I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah, like um, there were like, you know, I, I did end up like having nightmares about it after I saw it because it was just like this big scary thing of it chasing me through the woods and reliving that moment in my head um through through that dream um after it had actually happened uh but you know I, I think because I think some people I, I don't know why but some people just they, they don't really aren't aren't as perceptive or don't want to be like in the back of their head they're like I'm going to subconsciously ignore certain things or whatever but you know me and Emily both we had like our eyes on this wampus cat mom called we both turn our heads look at her the second we turn to look back, it's it's already it's gone, because you know it can disappear and reappear like that anywhere. So, I mean, it could have disappeared, you know, like right as she opened the door, even, you know, within a weird split second, so that she couldn't see it. I have no idea exactly how that thing works, but quite frankly, it freaked me out enough not to want to want to like figure it out a whole lot <laughs> so so like for the for the cattywampus then when did you kind of start like when did you figure out that that's what you saw you know I like didn't figure uh, it out, like i didn't figure it out until i was way older like way older like i really enjoy you know, podcasts and YouTubers and people who will talk about supernatural and paranormal stuff. And so one day I was just decided, you know, I mean, I'd love to learn more about the folklore and stuff that uh, people up in Appalachia believe in because, you know, I live there, but I didn't necessarily learn about it. So let's go down this YouTube rabbit hole of, of watching these videos and stuff. And one of the, the videos, I don't remember which YouTuber it was, but this this one person, they had this video of the cattywampus and they were explaining what it was and showing the pictures and drawings and everything. And I thought, oh my God, that's it. 
that's what I saw when I was a little kid. You know, I knew I didn't make it up. It was just like a huge relief for me because, you know, I'd never forgotten it. And I felt like crazy for thinking that I'd seen this thing. Well, did you go back then and share, I mean, go back to your mom and say, hey, look, I told you I wasn't making making this up. You know, I, I, I kind of did. I was like, hey, like, remember when I told y'all about this thing back home and I was so freaked out. I didn't want to go outside. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. I mean, that was a really long time ago, Gable. I was like, well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's this, but you know, neither of my parents are, are even really superstitious at all. They're very hardcore Christians and stuff and I love them for it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but they just, they don't, they don't even believe in the paranormal. <laughs> but they don't remember their daughter being terrified running in the house that someone I, was chasing them. I well, I screamed and ran around a lot, you know. I was oh, like, okay. You so know? you're saying it was such a it was such a uh, regular thing that one time didn't stand out from the other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I had a really good friend that like was he was like a neighbor, but you know, neighbor. He's far away. His mom had a trellis growing up the side of his house. And like he said, okay, Gable, let's catch some bumblebees like in our hands and, and trap them like butterflies. We'll close the little flowers around them and cut them off and throw them in jars. And I got stung and ran crying, screaming all the way home. I mean, it wasn't, we would do pretty, we'd do pretty crazy stuff all the time. The kids in the country was not a whole lot to do. <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. boy. So, um, so have you I, I mean I've never like I said I've never heard another story from an eyewitness from a cattywampus have you no but also like you know in terms of, of Appalachia I, I didn't I don't really know or keep up with any people who still live there I didn't live there for a long time only when I was really little and so it's not like I had a lot of people to ask around and say, hey, have you seen this? Or do you know what this is? But, you know, my, my, my babysitter took me seriously. She clearly thought I saw it in order to take the measures that she did. And so now your babysitter was a somebody who'd lived there their whole life, obviously, right? And really, right. really was, took, yeah, took it, like you said, took it serious. Yeah, she was she was an older lady. She had lived in Appalachia her whole life. She was a generational, you know, Appalachian. Her family had been there for a very, very long time and um, land and, and all that. And I had a whole history in the mountains of just them living there, you know. Um, and so she was aware of all the stories and legends and things. And I, I think because she didn't tell me, you know, what it, what she thought it was which is the cattywampus because she didn't want to put the idea in my head or scare me too much. You know, she's like, Oh, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I think she really did see this thing or, or like a, a haint maybe, which is a, a mountain, you know, malevolent haunt kind of spirit thing that can show up as a physical creature, or even just as a spirit um, and, and made the decision to do something to try to, keep it away well so 
first before we get to to the other some of the other cool stuff we were you know we had discussed um i i want to throw it out there to anybody listening okay that if you know of anybody if you had your own experience with the wampus cat or the caddy wampus or something like it get a hold of us because i i want to hear i want to hear another story about this if there's another eyewitness because this is um like i i look i 100 percent believe something was out there terrorizing you you know oh yeah and no it was it was horrifying it really was and i know there are people out there who you know won't believe me but like i know and you know and there are people who who know so I don't yeah 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 exactly i mean hey look if before we got on here the you know there's a guy i was talking to who's going to be a future guest that has some stories that i was given pictures of some of the stories and it was like okay this is you know there's there's stuff out there that the average person has no idea that's out there running around you know right and and that science just can't explain well how could you i mean why, why would they even want to try to explain a six-legged cat-like creature that apparently can uh, make a man go crazy and terrorizes a kid? Right. You know? I mean, nobody nobody wants to, to to try to discover or understand that. And I'm sure the government has done all sorts of, you know, private research at wherever they do you know, like the alien research and things on, on this stuff to try to like weaponize it or whatever. And that there is someone out there who actually knows, but you know, those, those people won't speak up or say anything. Yeah, it would be, it would be very interesting to see if, you know, okay, we got a Bigfoot in this cage. We've got an alien in this cage. We've got a dog man. Oh, that's a cddywampus. What? <laughs> yeah. but, oh, now come on. Now you're just being ridiculous. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, and the thing about it is, I don't think you can even put some of these things in a cage. Like, you know, <laughs> cattywampus can disappear and reappear in different places, at least in my experience. And, well, well know, and, it could probably, like, disappear and reappear in the cage. And what is very interesting about this is, like, you know, the story I found, it's a Cherokee legend. Okay, so right. it, there's a lot to the Native Americans uh storytelling and and legends you know that we think oh it's just it's just something you know they made up or for entertainment but they they just don't really didn't really make stuff up for entertainment everything had a purpose you know it had a real reason behind it whether it was to uh to look for somebody to learn a lesson from it or to uh, you know just tell somebody between you know right and wrong and and what to stay away from and and how to stay out of danger you know there's all they they always seem to have a real purpose behind their stories and they're grounded in their in the reality that they knew you know right and and so but some of the other cool stuff though that you talked about the area there that you grew up is there was different cultures that settled there that also brought with them their own twist on, you know, like, like stories of, of good and evil. And you mentioned it like the, t- the, would you say the taint? Oh, the taint? No. 
The ain't? It's called a hate. It's a hate. <laughs> <Okay>. No. <laughs> oh, ah. A hate. It's a mountain. H-A-I-N-T, I believe is how you spell it, but I'm dyslexic, so don't take me at that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's called a it's called a hate. And it's a mountain it's spirit, and it, it was a belief, you know, kind of brought over from Africa, and it can be anything from like a, a spirit to like a hag, like kind of witch you know, to like an actual physical creature. Um, and there are different ways that Appalachian people like to, to keep the haints away because they can only come out at night with sunlight, you know, like, you know, it, there are different kind of things on what people believe the sunlight does to them, but it, it, like they can't do anything in the sun. But one of the, the faults of, of like a haint is, you know, it counts everything. So the reason that like people used to wallpaper their walls in their house with old newspaper clippings is so that the hate would get stuck like in their kitchen or living room, counting all the words until the sun came up and would like freeze them or kill them or whatever. Um, and, or, and like people put broomsticks above their door for the exact same reason. The hate will get stuck at the door, just counting, you know, the little different twigs in, in the broom and it will, you know, stay there until morning. There's also haint blue, which some people call blue bird blue. It's the blue that you put on the ceiling of like a porch, like a covered porch that keeps the birds and uh, like bugs from nesting up in there. Apparently it's also supposed to, to ward off haints and bottle trees are also supposed to keep them away too. And that's why people use bottle trees. Wow, okay. Okay. So did, uh, I mean, I've never heard, I've never even heard of that legend or that piece of folklore. Yeah. And there are people, you know, there are different TV shows and stuff of people's accounts of living in Appalachia and like haunted houses or houses built on, on properties that are haunted and having like, encounters with haints. And they're so much more vicious than just like a ghost or or something like they, they actually mean harm towards a person um so there's there's really not much you can you know you can do some of the things that i listed but there's not much you can really do if one's around wow so <laughs> um you also like so you also mentioned something um i know when we were talking the first time about um the bicycle in the woods oh that's yeah the, that's the, that is a story that got that really piqued my interest too so yeah would you me, would you, would you mind telling that story that's, no no problem let me actually well, i'll share that but i also had a thought real quick you know people hadn't reported sightings of uh windigos you know in arizona in that area and started getting them on on camera and all that stuff um, until they kind of, the story of them kind of went viral over TikTok. So, you know, maybe if we get this story out there, more people oh, will come geez. out. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true. But do you really yeah. think the people of Appalachia are doing TikTok? I don't. Some of them are. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I've seen a few. But I'll anyway. I'll take your word for it. I'm not, I, yeah, I'm not on it. I'm not on the Appalachian, Appalachian uh, version of TikTok. <laughs> You're missing out. We're fun. Oh, We're at time and a half. 
Oh boy. <laughs> a time and a half. I love it. I love it. Oh yeah. Let me okay. So let me tell you about this bicycle in the woods. So there were there were experiences where I would be with friends uh, or even by myself. You know, these experiences were not selective. Um, and we would be playing in the woods and running around to different little clearings and playing pretend, you know, just doing stuff that kids do. And uh, we'd be like, man, you know what? It would be really fun right now if we could all ride our bikes around, you know, the neighborhood, uh, kind of or down the road or whatever that that we're in but you know so and so doesn't have a, a bicycle or and they're like yeah I don't really know how to ride one and they're like well maybe we can do this instead or this or that and they're like okay so we start walking kind of back toward my house um and another kid named Zach's house because our houses were near each other and um we walked through one of these clearings that we had walked through earlier there was nothing there we walked through it earlier and there's a tricycle, like a little red tricycle, like a, a little, like the flyer kind. And it looks brand new and totally fine. And we just look at it and we're like, well, should we take it? You know, kind of thing. It's like, no, somebody probably left it here. It's just a coincidence. And we, we went on and we went home and we continued to like play. But that's not the only time that things would be in clearings like that. Sometimes there were like staircases to nowhere. Um, like, and it would be two or three like little steps and they'd be there and then you'd come back to the clearing later and they weren't. Um, there were like toys and different like even like piles of like pine cones or, you know, objects. Sort of, it, it could be like incredibly random. Or like the bike could even be related to something we casually said. Wow. And so <clears throat> what, so how did you guys approach this stuff? Like, what did you guys do when you guys came across this stuff? Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Like, <laughs> you know, there, there's certain rules you tell your kids when they grow up in Appalachia, like don't run through the woods screaming and don't pay things any mind. And, you find something, you know, leave it there. And I'm, you know, when it came to this kind of stuff, you know, the Irish have the belief of fairies and the fae or the she, you know, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And the Irish are huge, were huge settlers in Appalachia. And I don't know if like, you know, it's, it's something similar or even if, creatures like that could follow you across the ocean because they're like in a like a realm or dimension adjacent to ours so maybe they were or, or like already there or something but you know we we just knew better from all those like stories not to touch it because then you know if you touch it you take it you owe that spirit or thing whatever that gave it to you if like you know you owe it something or like you know yeah kind of like uh you're yeah you're paying it back for for what it gave to you 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 know and it may not be as simple as they they may really want something like your soul (laughs) or right well i mean you never know what it's gonna want from you or or and you don't know if it's even a gift for you you can't even like tell maybe they just left it there and you stumble across it and it will be like, you know, and they're going to take it to somewhere else. 
you know, you have, you have no idea because the rules of all of that are so complicated. So the best solution is just to ignore it and not touch it and, you know, get out of there. You see it, you go. I got, I got to be honest with you, Gable. I think it's a miracle that you're just, you made it through this far and that you're able to talk to me because it sounds like a terrible way to grow up <laughs> being worried, being worried about something coming in your house of uh, an ain't or hate or whatever. Hate. I've already butchered it completely that somebody's going to take that original sound clip and just probably <laughs> play. And, uh, could you believe what he said? <laughs> but, uh, um, I mean, in the, I mean, this just is, cr that's crazy. Like it really sounds like, um, uh, it sounds like a magical, I mean, it sounds like a magical place and sometimes the magic isn't always great, you know, No, for magic, sure. magic can be very dangerous. And I mean, that's another thing in Appalachia, a lot of pagan beliefs were brought there and some of it's kind of even mixed with Christianity a little bit. And there are people who practice, you know, things like witchcraft up in the mountains. There is like a form of witchcraft that is just Appalachian, you know, and Holy it's, it's moly. Right. like, yeah. yeah, like actually, like that's a entire thing. Um, and so, you know, and like, the, like the stairs to nowhere and stuff in the middle of the woods and stuff that happens in, in also like just different parts of the country. There are people that find, you know, different stuff or things going to leading to nowhere doors just in the middle of the woods, all like, and then they're not there when they, they get back. And there are lots of stories about that. And so it's just, you know, I, I, did, I never thought it was weird because it was the only thing I knew because I was so young. And then it was real, it was weirder to me moving to like a suburban area in the middle of Dallas, Texas, you know, because you, you kick a tree in the woods, it falls over, nobody cares. You kick the power box in the back alley and the neighborhood's lights go out, you know, suddenly someone is freaking out, like, oh, we're on a press charge, we got to check these security cameras and stuff, and you're like, don't mind me, just being real quiet over here. <laughs> totally normal. <laughs> well, I got to be honest, if I was, if I was in my uh, neighborhood in, in Dallas, and there was a set of stairs in the middle of the street going to nowhere, it really aroused some suspicion, you know? <laughs> you know oh, for saying? sure. <laughs> that'd be, for that'd be, sure. that would be, I, look, I, I'm at a loss. I mean, I don't know what this, this just is some crazy stuff. And I mean, we've had guests on that, um, from Iceland that have talked about the, uh, the trolls and, and, uh, you know, we've had people on talk about the, about gnomes and stuff. And it's fascinating. No well, it, fa <laughs> it, it fascinates me because, um, you know, we, there is proof of little, little people. You know, oh, yeah. there, there's so much proof of it that, um, you know, people just dismiss it as, oh, there's no such thing. Well, I don't believe that these stories just sprung out of, uh, out of people's imagination. No. Um, I think there's some basis in all these legends and uh, fables and fairy tales or whatever. And I, you know, and, and obviously these little creatures or little people, I think they still exist in parts of, uh, in parts of the world and they see what's going on and they're like, yeah, I'm not interested. Uh, we're just going to stay, stick to our own and, and, you know, 
Yeah, I think I think there's more out there that we have. There are so many more things that we we don't know than things that we do. And I know there are a lot of people out there who truly believe everything that is like we've discovered everything already. There's nothing new to find. We're at the peak of science right now. There's nothing new like for us to to find. We know exactly how the universe works. And I think that's a really ignorant kind of standpoint to think that you know everything and how everything works, you know? And maybe there's not like a super logical, you know, sounding explanation for some of this stuff, but there were stories like of krakens back in the day in the ocean and they've they found giant squid now. And they're like, well, you know, maybe they're even bigger ones, but you know, since ships have been around, they, they, they've just like, you know, disturbed them or they're, they're not around as much. And maybe they did really pull ships into the water or this or that but you know we just haven't really seen it because we know more about deep space than in the ocean there could be <laughs> so many crazy things there are so many crazy things out there we just don't really know about you know gable you are wise beyond your years i mean <laughs> let's <laughs> just let's just listen dolly if you're listening i don't even know i don't even know if you can keep up with gable because uh, <laughs> she, I mean, I listen. I, I'm, I am fascinating, fascinated that you have done done your homework. You know that you really wanted to find out what it was that you just didn't take your uh, your parents' uh, word for it that it was nothing. And that yeah, you... I knew what I saw, and my sister saw it too. And you know the look on my my nanny's face and everything while she was listening to me describe it and the steps and measures she took. I I was like, you know, she kind of takes it seriously. Maybe, you know, like uh, that's that's one adult out of out of three, but still, you know, it's one adult out of three. You know, maybe I should look into this a little bit more. And something just really urged me to, and I'm glad I listened to that feeling. Yeah, no kidding. Because just remember, like one out of three. That'll get you about twenty-five million a year as a major league baseball player. I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dang good. <laughs> That's pretty good. So, well, well, Gable, I I appreciate that you were willing to come on and share these stories because I I really hope that uh, we get some feedback on some of this stuff. Is you know, and if anybody else has any uh, encounters with any of these entities or spirits or whatever it was that you were running into and dealing with as a kid i i would love to hear somebody else's um take on on what was going on for sure so so but uh, i want everybody because now that they've heard you and, and and got to know you a little bit so that they can follow and i'm telling you folks she's a budding superstar so so get in on the action now gable where can where can all of our fans go and find you on social media and check out you know kind of follow your career as you graduate and and get out into the music business i would love if y'all would follow me i have instagram facebook TikTok, youtube and twitter and the username for everything every single account that i have is at it's it's just J-U-S-T Gable, G-A-B-L-E, as an Anna Green or Clark. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's not the first time you said that. Uh, no, Anna... I've had, 
people ask me up on stage and after shows and stuff, and that's that's just what I tell them. <laughs> and of, and of, now at some point you're gonna your younger fans are gonna be like, who, where, what? Anne of Green. They're not gonna know what Ian of Green Gables or Clark Gable is, but no, you know. <laughs> I hope that day never comes. <laughs> well, so everybody, go 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 give uh, go give Gable a follow, check her out, follow her career. Uh, she claims she has some Appalachian TikTok stuff going on, so I I don't know what that is, but let's let's go <laughs> let's go let's go check it out, but. Uh, uh, I, Gable, I appreciate you coming on, and I and I hope our listeners had a great time getting to uh, meet you, know you a little bit, and listen to uh, some of your stories, and just you know lead somebody else to come forward, or leads people to go out and do do their own um, and um, book work on you know what how you know the stories and and uh, stuff from Appalachia. I mean that's it sounds like there's a lot more. That can be uh, could be told as far as from from that part of the country for sure. Oh, of course, I would love to hear even some other people's stories, and I hope by telling you know mine that other people are encouraged to come forward if they've had similar experiences. Yeah, it it, it everybody might make Gable feel uh, feel even better. Than, uh, <laughs> yeah, feel better to know that she wasn't the only one ter- terrorized by it. So, but uh, well, thank you, Gable, and uh, I can't wait for everybody to hear this. Oh, I'm excited too. Thank <laughs> y'all so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 